They're training dragons now. Can the captain's quarters contain this catastrophe? Find out this week on The Hapless Heroes. Boris is going to get bored and play dress up in Quinn's closet. Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. I'm Francesco, and tonight I'll be your host and DM for this wacky adventure. With me, as always, is a wonderful cast of characters. I have the fabulous, the illustrious, the one and only Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Now, do we put all the rum or all the explosives in his room? Phil, as Hedrick the Entertainer. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about this. Nicole is Boris the Butcher. Oh, I'm sure I have something shaped like Captain Quinn's key around here somewhere. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Here, far, wherever you are. (laughs) And Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Just make sure there's a path between the, uh, the, um, rum and the gunpowder so he can get to his bed can't completely box him out yeah so uh speaking of all of that last week you guys um were trying to figure out how the hell to deal with these dragons you have aboard while you make the three-day journey back to Ardwall to figure out what's going on over there and defend the city as you seem to be doing a lot of these days um you guys have some some new companions with you in the form of two baby white dragons that are about, you know, a foot and a half long that you guys are trying to desperately figure out how to train. Zero has the mug of the boss train, you know, tuned specifically to being the world's best dragon handler. And Quinn is busy doing his crazy sea magic on the ship. And he's not necessarily noticing the plan that is hatching right now when it comes to dealing with these hatchlings. So, when we left off, you guys were talking about taking everything out of the storeroom at the front of the ship, which I believe that's the bow, isn't it? Yes. Right. And the stern is the back. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. So at if the you bow, ever need to know the difference between port and starboard port and left, both have four letters. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's between a stern and an aft? It's more or less the same thing. Excellent. Stern is the direction, aft is the part of the boat. Okay. Well, at the bow of the ship, there's a storage room that has a whole bunch of different barrels and crates in there filled with what appear, you know, probably different liquids like rum and whatnot, as well as gunpowder for the cannons that are on the ship. And that storage room actually has a set of stairs that also descends downward into a larger storage area for the ship. Um, in addition to that, in the back, you guys are, is, you know, the captain's quarters underneath the helm. Um, 
where you guys are talking about potentially moving a bunch of stuff into to protect it, question mark, from the dragons. Like, I, I'm trying to follow the logic here because you're essentially saying that, well, all these barrels full of rum and gunpowder will at least be a barrier between the dragons and the hull of the ship. Which, I mean, yeah. I guess I see the point, but at the same time, like... I'm questioning your decision-making, but I'm going to allow you to make whatever decisions you see fit as to how you feel like you're going to handle dealing with these dragons. I mean, I'll just explain from Boris's perspective. This has nothing to do with safety and entirely to do with making enough space to try to fly the dragons. <laughs> yeah. To try to, we need to shelter the dragons from some of this wind whilst they come into their own as fully-fledged flying dragons. So, getting this gunpowder and rum out of the way might be in our best interests, if for no other reason than using the most volatile materials on the ship as a barrier between any two things is probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah, Daryl was as someone who's from a country whose primary export is explosions and whose secondary export is intentional explosions. <laughs> right. To, to add on to that, uh, I would like to emphasize, I, I believe it's important that we keep as few amount of the crew in contact or even within sight of these creatures, if only for their sake, so they don't resort to instinctive natures and feel outnumbered, you know? I believe we should figure out who is the best qualified for the position and any decisions pertaining to said creatures can then be enacted by said qualified figures. If you catch, um, if you catch Zero drinks from his mug slowly. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think we have any choice in who is most qualified. Whether or not that's accurate is completely in the air right now. But. <laughs> and uh, Hans, for some reason, seems to also be uh, automatically qualified whether he likes it or not. Well, he's not qualified no, to make Hans the decisions. Is, yeah, no. Hans is imprinted, which makes him actually qualified, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> he's literally at our disposal and whim. Wherever we want the dragons to go, he is being dragged to that area, and the dragons just follow him. <laughs> I just have an artifact that allows me to Michael Scott hit my way into a situation. Right. Yeah, and I mean, you're doing this for free, so I guess you are spending entirely too much time volunteering. <laughs> it says that. It says that oh, you, yes. you feel compelled to sing every time you bathe, which you don't have to do. You spend too much time volunteering, and you are at disadvantage every time you try to operate a vehicle, especially if you are trying to avoid hitting pedestrians. That's what it says. Yep. Thankfully, you're not doing any of the dangerous parts of that at all, so you're fine. Yeah. I just get to be the well-intentioned idiot. And volunteer for dragon training. Yes. I volunteer to be the world's foremost authority on dragon training, whether I am or not. Now, the dragons themselves, yeah, while they are mainly, you know, sort of imprinted or sticking close to and crawling all over Hans, um, you know, Jarrell has made some some strides in at least not getting them to try to bite his fingers or, you know, breathe on him. And Boris had fed one a part of a bubblegum cigar that it summarily did not enjoy very much at all. 
Uh, we've never really followed up on whether they liked cake or not, though. We did not. They did not eat the cake. That is how I expected that to go, yes. <laughs> right now, you're still on the deck of the ship. You're looking into a storeroom, and then you're eyeing Quinn's captain's quarters. Like, what's the plan here? What are we doing? I mean, Boris has decided this is a good decision and goes and tries to open Quinn's door. It is locked. Boris pulls out yes, a lockpicking kit starts uh, working away at the door. Yeah, I guess you would make short work of that with your minimum 23 roll that you could do on that, but why don't you just go ahead and humor me and roll me a, a Thieves' Tools check. Uh, thir 33? Yeah, you definitely unlock his door. <laughs> it swings open. Quinn, um, for us, describe what the captain's quarters in here looks like. Now, it was already obviously furnished prior to you acting as the captain on this ship, but I'm sure you've already done a couple things to make it feel like more more like home. So what is the what is your captain quarters on this ship look like? Um if if you all weren't sick of purple, it's just decked out in um like drapery. Just purple drapery everywhere. <laughs> um you see um his like his bed post is the canopy over his bed is just draped in like purple like um I'm trying to think of the material it's like see-through um like but it's sheer, just like yeah. yeah it's like draping over the canopy um and it's just like there's there's purple um lilac petals uh all over the bed um and then there's a uh like a uh, a Bunsen burner type thing, uh, boiling water with um, flower petals inside of it. Uh, so the aroma in the room is also quite alluring. And you can see that this 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 burner thing is actually set on like a like a free moving stand, so that as the ship rocks, it always remains steady, straight. Mm -hmm. Is that Latlek? And I like I, I I'm actually now curious on who what crewmate's job it is to lay petals over the captain's bed at some point during the day to make sure that that's what he comes back to because you know Quinn didn't do that himself. <laughs> that's a question that will remain unanswered for now, but I just or 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 maybe he did to make it look like he has people that does that for him. That's true. I guess no. we'll never know. I just have a hard time believing that you would do that yourself. Yeah, I I also agree with that. Um, yeah, are you like? Do you have like clothes like strewn about in here? Is it like neat or is it a little um, unkempt? No, I would say it's it's fairly neat. I would say the only thing that seems maybe a, a little out of place is um, his hat. Uh, he is not wearing his hat currently. Uh, it is kind of sitting on his bed, kind of like half on, half off. Oh, well, I like mean, <laughs> covering half the bed. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the head is very gigantic. Yeah. yeah, it's gigantic. <laughs> when I say it's hanging over the bed, it's really just because it's too big. To it's really hanging across the bed. Yeah. Yeah. 
So okay. Boris, having swung the door open, noticing Captain Quinn's giant hat just right there, right in front of her, definitely puts that hat on before strolling back across to start rolling barrels. <laughs> All right, uh, you're going to have to fight to hold the hat on your head. <laughs> as it was fitted as it was fitted for Quinn and not for Boris. What exactly does this hat look like? <laughs> it's it's purple. Uh yeah. it has like black um I'm sorry. I know I've already described this so I feel like this is not it's going to be bad cuz I don't think I wrote it down. Um but basically it's just this gigantic like you just see like the brim of it just kind of covers over your head. Uh, because it's just so large. There's a gigantic feather, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that big purple feather right in the middle of it. Yep. So yeah. have you have you ever seen like one, like one of those like admirals like bicorns, right? They're like mm-hmm. the yeah. It's just that, but like crazy like, on both sides. Yes, okay, yeah. Just massive. But huge. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Boris definitely puts this on. Like it is comically large. So I'm also wondering how much it weighs because Boris is very small. Oh, it's very top heavy as far as it's on. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's comically large on Quinn, it's got to look like she's portaging. A <laughs> 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 like she's got to be holding it. Like there's no way. Yeah, holding like one uh, arm up on each side with like a fist around the brim on the left and the right, just, like clamping it down. <laughs> All right. Well, at least you're, <laughs> at least you're holding it down, um, because this. I mean, I guess in case of emergency, this hat could be used as a flotation device. <laughs> After putting the hat on, Boris immediately turns around and confidently strolls back onto that windy deck. Uh, Quinn, <laughs> Quinn, does this hat happen to have any sort of strap on it, or is it? Does it just sit on your rim? Like when. Um, I would say I would say he's probably more fashionable than a strap. I would say that there's probably like some sort of like pinning device, like Bobby inside. pin situation. Yeah, yeah, that that connects to his hair because he's got long hair. So I feel like it would really like he would he would have like a clasp or something. You fucking Bobby pin your him. hat to your head. You yeah, because <laughs> you don't want to. No, there's no strap or or chin device like that would look horrid. He knows better than that. But that's like the military style, you know, it's got like, you know, like these, not every hat, obviously, but you know, like, you got to keep it on your head somehow. Bobby pins. Bobby pins it is. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So the hat is not, I'm not going to say it's snug, Boris. It's not snug. It's top heavy. And it's, you're, you're kind of like, it's like, it's, you're tipping your head back and forth as it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of sets your center of gravity to your, your face, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so your head, like your head, is now acting as like your balancing device as you're trying to like move your neck, you know, back and forth to just like keep yourself standing upright, and not, you know, smacking either the the front or back of this hat on the ground as you're walking around. All right. Despite that, Boris tries to give her most confident captain walk and says, "All right, men, let's start rolling these barrels." And walks into the storage room. <laughs> So, um, I just want to like. You... Okay, hold on. Just just make sure that I'm clear. Okay, just one more time. You guys are rolling a bunch of barrels of. Is it rum and gunpowder into Quinn's room? 
That's what I would say that Jarrell and Zero were handling. In the same barrel, but yeah. What's that? Not in the same barrel, no, but barrels of both gunpowder. Oh, yeah. And rum. The most volatile items on this ship are definitely going in Quinn's room. What could go wrong? And then you're going um, to try to train the dragons, not in the emptied out storeroom, but in Quinn's room. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was going to be the emptied out storeroom. I thought that okay. was the purpose of emptying the storeroom. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure because I was like, what the fuck? Because like, at one point I heard arguments that you guys were going to use these barrels of things as your shield, as shields. Well, that was one of the ideas. That if so they were sure to... I'm not getting my wires crossed here. Okay, okay. So no. This is to clear that store, that smaller storage area on, to- on the top of the deck, like at, at the bow of the ship. Yeah. Like, we are making a good faith effort to avoid some sort of disaster here, which, you know, for us is, it, it's, it's steps. Okay. We're trying to make a, a dragon training room, essentially, yes. A safe dragon training zone. Well... <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, they're ice dragons, right? So if they're just freezing the hull... That was Jarrell's... So Jarrell and Zero would certainly be taking an inventory of this storeroom. How, how many kegs of gunpowder are in the storeroom? How many are rum? How many are other things? Um, you have about ten crates in here. And that are filled with um, a bunch of different things like, you know, salted meats and, um, you know, things like that. Like anything that's going to keep for a long journey, um, like foodstuffs uh, that are being stored here. You also have a few barrels of rum, a few, few barrels of, you know, a bunch of barrels of fresh water. Mm-hmm. And uh, looks like. Just like, just actually, only two barrels of gunpowder up here. The remainder, is, you would believe, are below decks. It just looks okay. like they ran out. They ran out of storage space and stuck a couple gunpowder gunpowder barrels up here too. So, in discussion with Zero, Jarl would say, "I think we should move the water and the gunpowder for certain. How much room do you feel like these dragons could use?" At least for a temporary housing situation. Well, fact of the matter is, I can make one of them invisible boxes once every, I don't know, eight to ten hours. If you need a training space, you can have one hour in a force cage. I will say that, mind you, this is the same day. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> that was also I'm going to have to go to sleep. If the captain can keep it up for a few days, you know, we at least have two good hours in a force cage. Yeah. Well, to contain, to contain some sort of activity, it's like a 20 foot by 20 foot with the amplifier. I I feel like the hazard is going to be more ever-present, and while a force cage is going to be nice, it's not going to give us the all-day sort of protection we need, as opposed to moving the most volatile items from this room. And probably water, I feel... I I agree that could go poorly. Sorry, you know, my head's just kind of all over the place. I just spent the past few hours with a bunch of scientists standing in place. It was not enjoyable. 
So I'm just a little, you know, you know. Oh, hang on to that uh, force cage. If things go oh, sideways, yeah. we might be be able to uh, buy ourselves uh, some vital time. Yeah, if they become aggressive or something like that, and just start trying to destroy the ship, that would be a good time to utilize that. But in terms of just like getting them acclimated, making sure that they don't like see us as enemies, trying to get on their yeah, good I side. Mean- yeah, no, I can I can create that with bars. So at least you'd be able to talk or cast a spell or something between right. it. Or I can just put them in a soundproof invisible box and they'll be docile for one hour and then they'll probably be really pissed afterwards. Oh, yeah, they'll be, <laughs> well, as I say, yeah, they're going to be real yeah. docile when you trap them in an invisible box. Well, they could be in that box with Hans and be fine. It depends on what mood they really are. If they're just being playful sure, and freezing yeah. things. As I say, let's just cage your squire in with two dragons. Oh, he wherever they go, he's stuck with this. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is his job right. now. <laughs> yeah, at least he still has the feeling that he's, you know, um, not trapped. Right. And he can't be afraid while he's near me, so he's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He cannot be frightened. He Just can concerned. still be concerned. <laughs> Just concerned. A little worried. As I say, Nothing is this scared. the new this is the new fucking dark vision thing. Like <laughs> you walk into a dark room, hey I have dark vision. It's like, okay. Hey you're smiling. Hey, this oh, right. This person is looking a little scared. No, they're not. They're within ten feet of me. They can't be frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, let me just wipe all the fear away from this person's face from a situation that would clearly be scary even when you're by, with someone who is very inspiring. You can be uncomfortable, <laughs> you can be, you know, all there's all those different things, but in terms of actually being scared. <laughs> can someone write um, me out the uh, pros and, you know, like the, 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 the summary of the um, concerned condition? Like the synonyms? Perturbed. conditions... Yeah, you know, like, it's like, you know, frightened is a condition in the rule book, but uh, we don't have one for concern, so I'm going to need a breakdown <laughs> on that. What about terrified? Can you escalate beyond afraid? No, I don't think so. <laughs> should um, should Jabriel roll for resting bitch face? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I feel like Jarrell and Zero would first and foremost move the explosive kegs. Yes. And I would we like should to be make able sure to... I know where the explosives are at all times. Right. We should be able to move those just with our basic you guys carrying. Have, as I say, you have plenty of strength in order to move those on your own without any real assistance. You know, it's... the You're, you're, you're walking into the wind at this point, right? Because the wind's like pushing the, like into the sails and you guys are walking towards the back of the ship. Yeah. But... Um, it's not that difficult. If, if Boris if were to they're... be trying to move barrels... Boris then... is going to try to move some barrels. You can't lift yeah. them on your own. So Boris stretches out a pocket and stretches it over a barrel. What's the... Uh, okay, what 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 type of barrel you're going to carry and what is the weight limit on one of those pockets? This is why I told Jarrell and Zero to get the explosives first. 500 pounds 
It can't each? exceed no total. Okay. There's no limit per pocket. Um, the objects themselves have to fit into five foot cubes. Okay, which so if the barrels are bigger than five foot cubes, then they wouldn't fit. Um, five hundred pounds maximum can exceed a space of sixty-four cubic feet total, and it yeah. weighs ten pounds regardless of the contents after the pockets closed on my body. Right, right, right. But I'm just curious. So, what what all do you have in your pockets right now? Because you 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 shoved a bunch of stuff in them. Over the uh, not that much anymore. Because yeah. I got rid of all of the food and stuff that I had put in That's them. That's right. You, so have this, you have the sword in there, right? You, in you my some... pockets right now, I have a sword. I have a bunch of bubblegum cigars, like like several boxes. So probably like a full like yeah. cubic foot, maybe cubic foot and a half of bubblegum cigars. Uh, a fistful of dirty floor bacon mm-hmm. is how I have that right um, Everything else is in my regular like little yeah. adventure right. bag. Next question. Do all of... I'm trying to remember. Because it essentially works like a bag of holding, except it's your armor. Do all of the items that are placed into the pockets share the same pocket dimension? I don't know if it specifies. Because you know how, like, a bag of holding, right? Like, they're all in the same, like, extra planar space. You know, you just reach in and you always, like, as soon as you, if you, if you know what you're looking for or going to grab, you pull it out. Yeah, it doesn't say. Okay. It says if you're about to put something into or take it out of a pocket, it morphs so that the pocket appears and then disappears. But it doesn't specify once it goes in if it's in its own individual pocket or if it goes Perfect. into the. I just want to make sure I, I, I want to make sure that I have license to handle this however I wish. Um, <laughs> all right, the description I mean, of it actually cuts off at the end, which I'd never noticed before. Oh, nice. Um, so here's the thing. You can have someone put a barrel into one of the pockets. I mean, the barrels weigh, let's see, how much is like a, like a barrel full of like water or rum weighs? I'm trying to think. Like, it's pretty heavy. Pro- it's like, probably quite a bit. How much, how much weight is the barrel? Like, how big is the barrel? They're like... I'm trying to think. They're, they're probably about as tall as Boris. <coughs> they're, you know what I mean? They're like they're probably like four. I'd probably foot only barrels. be able to. So it's like you know several gallons for sure. It would be more than five cubic feet if it was a four foot tall barrel, probably, because the barrel's going to be more than a foot, like significantly more than a foot wide. But I mean, it five, occupies a five, five foot cube. Feet. It it occupies a five foot cube, so sixty two. Oh, pounds. like a five five by five by five. Okay. 62 pounds, according to Google. There you go. <laughs> no, it's not as much as I thought. So, yeah, I mean, you would need some Does... help, but they could lift it right into your pocket. Yeah. Do I need help, or can I, you know, kind of do the same thing I did with the orb? Just stretch the pocket out and sort of jump over the item and, like, snap it into my pocket? You'd have yeah, to probably it lift it off the ground at some point. Yeah, you'd have to, like, probably tip it over. Because you got stuck on the orb. You'd probably That's get true. stuck on too. this too. Okay. <laughs> until until it goes all the way into the pocket and then disappears, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Boris would try it, despite having done this before. So I guess I mean, the, uh, the well, rest of you guys are rolling the first couple of barrels across. Boris is stuck hanging upside down by her pocket, wearing Captain Quinn's hat, just like hanging off the side of a barrel. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, as I say, it makes it extra difficult because you're wearing the hat. 
I'm still wearing the hat. <laughs> I'm going to say that while you're wearing the hat, it's probably actually physically impossible for you to do this without either ruining and like bending and fucking up the hat or, um, you know, removing it in order to, to, to perform this action. I'm not willing to do either of these things. That's a good answer. I'm struggling to try to put a barrel in my pocket while keeping the hat on. That's just, that's what I'm doing right now. All right, I mean, the, I mean, the other two of you, like, you know, Jarell and Zero are the ones just picking up and loading things. Hedrick, what are you doing? Hedrick would be assisting, but he's, he's using his mage hand. Which like, can only lift 10 pounds anyways. And, and he's kind of just dancing. He wants to entertain the sort of, uh, you know, chain of command. As, as we are unloading and loading and, and kind of moving things along, he's just keeping everyone entertained while he carries one single keg or one single 10-pound item at a time. Yeah, there's no 10-pound items. It's just crates and barrels. So, like, either you're helping with the lift, the heavy lifting or you're not helping at all. And dance. All right, well, gunpowder. Just transporting the contents of the barrels 10 pounds at a time. He needs he needs uh, one hand for the maraca, one hand on the crate, and then his mage hand is on the other side of the crate. Dude, just so give your mage hand the maraca. Let's say, just give your mage hand the maraca. It's the thing that weighs the least. <laughs> it looks way cooler when he's holding the giant crate with one hand, you know, and the mage <laughs> hand is just floating on the other side. <laughs> So he's shanking it as he moves. It's all part of his rhythm. Oh my God. You do have to, like, one hand shoulder press at least 50 pounds. (laughs) You definitely have to roll for performance on this. Please make him do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Hedrick's no stranger to heavy lifting. Okay. Speaking of heavy lifting, following that performance. Go ahead. 24. 24. It's a wonderful performance, but now let's see how your strength stacks up to the performance, and we'll combine these two for okay. what it looks like. Um, strength. You are lifting things. Is it athletics? Just strength. Just strength. <laughs> That's a three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're able to lift these things because it is probably still. Okay, actually, what's your carry weight right now? Let's do this. Let's do it this way now. Mm, how do I determine carry weight? Should be listed um, on if your sheet. It should be on your sheet. If it's not, uh, it's based on your strength, and I forgot there's a table for it somewhere. My strength is ten. Oh, you know, it actually says here. Um, you can push, drag, or lift a weight in pounds up to twice your carrying capacity. Or it's essentially that's thirty times thirty times your strength score because your carrying yeah. capacity is your strength score multiplied by fifteen. I'm good to go, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're you fine. You're just you're just you're, you're straining a little bit because it's kind of awkward to do this with one arm. Right, it's a huge barrel with one arm. No matter how <laughs> you yeah. do it, it's going to look a little wonky. Yeah, and the mage hand is just kind of providing the back balance. 
Okay. I imagine you're, you're taking you're, one of the things of rum. You're straining it, but because your performance is so good, nobody notices that you're having a hard time. I am mimicking my strain beneath the weight as part of my dance moves. Yeah, and you're just, yeah, the expressions that any musician makes when they're just so into the music and performance that they're doing. I like to dip real low, right, so that I press out of it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you do, like, when you do set it down, you do let out an audible, you know, (laughs) just because you were doing that in a very ineffective way. (laughs) Um, as right, Jarrell so it takes is coming back, you guys a few back, hours. Well, was going Jarrell to look for any crew members. Are there any crew members nearby? No one is above decks except for the guy in the crow's nest and the helmsman, the first mate, and Jarrell, or not Jarrell, and Quinn. Uh, but actually, um, the first mate is now below decks dealing with the crew, trying to figure out what the hell he's supposed to do about this dragon situation. That's okay. I can I can send somebody up to get the explosives out of Quinn's room at some point. <laughs> um, Jarrell would like to make sure to arrange the room so that the remaining crates make a slight barrier between the walls and where the dragons are going to stay. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you're going to do it with the crates of food stuff, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Um, whatever's remaining that isn't... I mean, we probably could have even kept one of the rums in here. A chilled rum probably isn't that bad. <laughs> um, but the uh, the water, all the water and all the explosives are definitely out of the room. Before I push Hans, <laughs> or at least steer him into the area. Into, into the into the storage room. Mm-hmm. And, and you were going to do like bar- You said you're trying to barricade the door with this. No, no, I'm not trying to barricade anybody in or out. I'm trying to make sure that because the dragons are going to stay with Hans. Uh huh. In this room, uh-huh. and if they do, because they seemed relatively playful right after hatching, and then we could clearly tell they're able to breathe their fr- their frost breath immediately, almost, because um, they did that downstairs. I just want to make sure there's a couple, as many barrels as we can fit while giving them enough room so that these barrels function as a perimeter around the room so that if they were to breathe their breath, it would hit the barrel before the ship hull. Okay. That was Jarrell's like main um, plan number one. Well, while Jarrell is doing that, because that's, that's probably taking a while, Boris is going to get bored and play dress-up in Quinn's closet and, and uh, find his, his fanciest captain's jacket and, and then go looking for crew help to, to push around the, the barrels and the boxes. Does, does Quinn really even have an extensive wardrobe like packed away on this ship, or are you pretty much just like, you know, do you have just a few outfits? Um, I would say that I have, like, three or four, like, different outfits. So I have my, like, captaining outfit, which I'm currently wearing now. So that's, like, an outfit that I necessarily wouldn't worry about getting dirty or um, soiled in any particular way. 
uh, or wet. Uh, and then I've got my captain's outfit, which is what I would go to. Um, you hear that? You hear the air quotes there? Yeah. Yeah, captains, right? So uh, where I would um, be talking to certain royalty or um, the dress you know, going to certain events. Ah, you're yeah. appropriate yeah, that's clothes. The one I take. That's right. the one that works. That's on. Yeah, and that's what I'm not currently wearing, so that's probably what she's digging through right now. Yeah. Um, so and then I would say that I've got like uh, a third outfit that is more um, casual, but the word casual I use pretty loosely in the sense that it's still very formal. It's ash- it is it is it's, it's as I say it's uh, as I say you said formal. Never mind. So it's not assless chaps with a cot piece. Uh, no, that's that's the fourth uh, uh, outfit that I was going to remain uh, hidden from conversation. But since you bring it up, uh, that is what uh, he wears privately in his abode. Uh-huh. You don't have pajamas. You just have that. <laughs> Assless chaps. Yep. With so, a cut yeah, piece. So Oris a puts piece. on the, the fancy captain's jacket and um, the... Do you, the... Do you find the cod piece? I would say she pretends like she's separate from the assless chaps. Um, They're all hung up together. It's detachable. I was gonna say I just there was like this like one piece like chap slash cod piece situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, parchments on the captain's jacket and the captain's cod piece. I mean, all of this stuff is like way too uh, large on you, anyways. So it's just like it's just hanging down. Um, <laughs> you're on the ship demanding people go help with the boxes. Sleeve! With just a sleeve! <laughs> Waving your sleeve around. Go Sleep do this! As your captain, I demand you go move gunpowder into my bedroom. Is that. It was, am I thinking of Fival who has like the, yeah. the really yeah, long yeah, sleeves? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I'm picturing. Is you are a little bit larger Fievel, and you yeah. still have the comically large hat too. Yes, <laughs> which I'm still holding onto my head with the arm that's not flapping. Um, <laughs> the crew member is just start laughing. If you're like if you're going below decks to like try to rally people to like work, they're not going to actually take orders from you, but they are going to start laughing because you're wearing Quinn's private attire. <laughs> um, she yeah, is still a baroness. Are, like, they might, yeah, eventually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, on this ship, the only like the, the the captain's word, and you know, and obviously the first mate and everything like that. Like, that's that's who they get their orders from. So, like, they're not going to break the chain of command just because Boris decided to play dress up. But they're they they are jeering and laughing. And saying things about, oh, Captain Southwind's got some uh, some interesting tastes. Oh yeah, and they, she's still wearing the cod piece. Yeah, and they're just like, because they can they can clearly tell they're Quinn's clothes, and that she's you know, because like no one can mistake whose hat that is. You know what I mean? Like, because no one in the world has a hat that is that large, because it's it doesn't make any fucking sense why you would own that hat. Unless your ego there, is, you know. There is a sense of trust that a leader has with his team. And uh, so so just, like, Quinn's mindset right now, like, I am excited for when I take a break. 
Yeah, he's like, I, yeah, because right now you're just living your sea god dreams right now. I'm just, I'm thinking everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, and I don't think anybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, so you mean you you managed to get a you managed to rouse a good amount of laughter from the crew, <laughs> but then the first mate sees you wearing the captain's clothing, and runs up to you, Boris, and says, "Oh, hey, yes, Boris." Uh, see you managed to find your way into the captain's quarters uh, have you seen the dragons by any chance I've been tasked with keeping tabs on them uh, yeah I'm pretty sure they're way below deck right now I just checked out okay I'm gonna go look if you if you <laughs> if you see Jarrell could you send him my way Pretty sure he's down there with the dragons, but if I see him, I'll let you know. Thank you. And he goes below deck. Can, can I ask? Actually, I make, wanna, me a, I actually a on, make me a deception check, Boris. Now that I think about it. This is Dungeons and Dragons. We should be rolling. Oh yeah, he believes you. All right, go ahead. What's your question? Uh, I would just like to know what the first mate's name is. Did I give him a name? I probably gave him some bullshit name just to like write it off and forget about it. But now he's like actually having a prominent role. Did anyone yeah, write? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I sh I should know what his name is as the captain. And I feel like it was something. Name. I feel like I named him Jimmy John, but that might have been somebody else because again, um, I'm sure I have it. I did not write it down initially. I should. I should have it. I mean, why would you, Quinn? It's just you know. Right. Well, like, but now I feel like I need to play off of it, so. Uh, when the unimportant NPCs suddenly gain importance, become importance, yeah. Well, the fact that he's actually doing what I'm, what I told him to do, without even asking him to necessarily do that, I think is amazing. You did ask him to do that. Well, right, but he's actually like taking it very seriously, and I love it. You are the captain of the ship. It wasn't. I I've been running around with people that don't take my advice, so it's it's very it's it's. Uh, a breath of fresh air that I have a crew member that actually does what I tell him to do. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're all doing oh. so much crap that I would obviously be opposed of. And and I think it's hilarious. You did call him Jim, Jimmy John. He's it was halfling. Jimmy John. Yeah. Okay. He's what? He's a halfling? He's a halfling. Perfect. What a stupid ass name. I think I did name him Jimmy John. <laughs> Jimmy John. <laughs> so, I, I, so I was right. I was right. Okay, yeah. So that's yeah. It's Jimmy John. But it's like it's 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 always it's all one word, you know. It's not like a hyphen or two word two names. It's just Jimmy John. All one word. Call him JJ. Yeah, first mate JJ also works. Oh, after after talking to JJ, Boris heads back up to let Jarl know that JJ is wandering around looking for the dragons. Um, how long does it take Jarl to kind of arrange that perimeter? It's gonna take you hours to like move all this shit around and then arrange the perimeter. Like it's it's probably gonna take you like about how, how two big hours. Is this to, like, room? I I really don't think I'm grasping that. This is a very large ship. So it's it's uh it's probably 25 30 feet square. 
I mean, that's square, because it kind of, like, peaks. It's got, like, you know, like, like, angled walls towards the front. But then it, you know, squares out. It's almost like a, like a, like a, you know, like, like a, like a pentagon, but, like, yeah, five. But it's like you, know, like, you know, like when you draw the house, right? With the, in the one motion, it's like that kind of shape. You know, yeah. it peaks at the front, but then it's like boxy at the back. So there were about 20 barrels total, mm-hmm. right? To fit into that area. We moved out 10 at least. So there should be about 10 left. They're only 60 pounds each. Yeah, you're gonna walk him from the front of the ship to the back of this ship, like it's like well, you know, I, like it's it's we're talking about like man hours here, like you know, you're working. Right, but I, I just I don't think it would take him an, an hour. Maybe to an do hour. That. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't take me an hour. an hour to do that. <laughs> if zero contributes to this effort, we can cut this down to about a half hour. All right. Yeah, and and yeah, that's sure, like that's... the total positioning too, right? Okay, sure. Everything's arranged then. But it's been an hour, um, and at this at this point, the first mate. Right. Now you guys are all in the storage room, mm-hmm. and the uh, it's after about thirty minutes. The first mate comes above decks. JJ, JJ. Yeah. Now you guys are all huddled in the storage room. Is anyone on the deck itself? <laughs> like outside. Hedrick is. Hedrick is. You see the you see JJ. Uh, come up from below decks and he's like looking around he sees like Quinn and the helmsman doing their thing and he looks and he just sees you um, so what uh, yeah what do you what do you do when you see him uh, I kind of flag him over you know and I say uh, what gives man you seem a little bit agitated. I, I'm just, I'm, I... The captain tasked me with trying to figure out how to deal with the dragons, and I've been looking all over the ship for them, and I couldn't find them, or you guys. In fact, you're, like, I, where, where where have you been? Wh- what's going on? Listen. I know you feel troubled. I know your mind is uneasy. You need to relax. Understand. You have the power of Valen and the smarts of the Omega Project back in this here mission. Now, I don't know about you, but that's about as good as what Heaven and Earth and, or Heaven and, what is this place called? Telduria. Yeah, but that's the continent. What's the planet? Do I call it? I can't call it Earth. I don't think at this point anyone has even really ventured into space to even know what to name planets and things. So this is just, you know, this plane of existence, if anything. That's about as good as this realm can offer. And, uh, well, I could play you a song. If it make you feel better, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just don't need the captain chewing me out. And if I, you know, 
if something gets messed up or if the ship is damaged or if those dragons do something unpredictable. I just he, he just told me to deal with it. I don't even know the first thing about dealing with dragons. Like we've we have fought many sea battles. We have repelled pirates and other things, you know, and other horrors and monsters at sea. That all I can deal with. But live dragons aboard the ship? That's something new. Um, does Jirel hear them talking outside? Does he know that Hedrick's talking with someone outside? Um, it's kind of, I mean, the wind is strong enough um, that it's probably hard to hear. Yeah. Well, friend, all I can say is you're in the best of hands. <laughs> And Hedrick is, I mean, Hedrick's just sitting here pretty much saying, don't fucking worry about it, dude. Just move along. As if on cue, um, Zero would like to make an animal handling check to start training the dragons. Okay, by start training the dragons, what are you starting to train the dragons to do? Darrell's helping, by the way. I'm just looking to capitalize on the use of my mug and to get a reaction. It could possibly conflict with what he's saying to the guy out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so let's start with like basic things, right? Where it's like, okay, I need I do over. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um go ahead Don't and give me an me. animal handling. <laughs> At a whopping plus zero. At advantage because I'm helping. <laughs> Boris is also helping. She's Are the bacon you? handler. We have the treats. Know. The treats are the reinforcement. Yeah. The only young and hope. The only person who I would say is qualified to help here is Hans. Well, I mean, I've got bacon. I have a pocket full of bacon. I think I qualify to help. Hans yeah, is one hundred percent helping. Okay, so my initial roll was a seven with advantage. If I am deemed to have so, it would go up to a whopping ten. That's fine. The dragons don't really respond well to your commands. They just want to eat the food that you're holding out in front of them. And they just keep following you around while you're holding these tasty, tasty morsels out and not actually doing anything you say. They're just following the food. Yes, and he's carrying the food around and he's kind of occasionally waving it by them as he talks about random things, about respond and stuff like that, acting like the biggest jackhole possible (laughs) in the effort to train these dragons, but never actually giving them the food, and more just sort of leading them around the training area. Eventually, one of them, like, goes, tries to, like, move quickly and, like, latches onto you, crawls up, like, your back and onto your arm to, like, try to, like, snatch the, um, the food out of your hand and, like, eat it. Wahaha! There. And as he is holding up the piece of food, like as high over his head as he can. As the dragon's crawling up your arm? Like wobbling around. Yeah. Now the other dragon that did not climb up is now angry and like, you know, squealing and stuff like that. Um, Let me just roll a perception. Nope. Uh, JJ cannot hear it over the howling of the wind. Um... Boris offers a piece of bacon to that one to try to appease it. <laughs> yeah, it just it eats it immediately. And wipes her Worst greasy hand on the side of, of <laughs> <Captain> <laughs> reinforcing <Wentz's> bad behavior. <laughs> this 
going great so far, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Jarrell is like scolding Boris for again reinforcing the bad behavior while Zero is trying to like get this one to like get off him without getting the piece. <laughs> and like <laughs> Yep, going great. Also just gonna say again. It handed the piece of bacon to the dragon, wiped my hand on the side of the hat, and then continued to hold it. Gonna be bacon grease. Okay, okay, yep. So there's definitely at least a little bit of a, you know, a mark on the hat, but nothing, nothing that can't be washed out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, prestidigitation <laughs> is an amazing spell. Yeah, exactly. It will clean the soiled surface. Just like that. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, training's going swimmingly. So then we cut back to Hedrick and JJ. And he just goes, just please don't break anything or mess anything up. I, I just can't have the captain reaming me out. I'm just going to try to keep everybody in line. Trust me. Um, there are bigger forces to worry about than the captain. We're out here to save a god. Okay? It's, it's, it's beyond any sort of naval hierarchy. Now he's just, now he's just fucking, uh, what is, what's the word? Uh, Blowing smoke up his ass? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not just, well, because he's grandstanding. That's right. the word. Gloating. Well, it's, it's like it's like distraction by redirection. Like, there, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, he, I mean, JJ, JJ, JJ just kind of like walks away, like kind of frustrated, and he sees that you know, the door to the captain's quarters is still ajar. I would like to say that no, it's at a this door. point. Jarrell is getting kind of frustrated with how poorly the training is going, thinking it was going to be easy. <laughs> and yeah, just because out. you're right, you could just figure out how to train dragons overnight, right? Yeah, Jarrell's super confident. <laughs> um, Jarrell will walk out of the storage area and say, "Oh, ah, oh, the first bait. Oh, I could use your assistance for a second. Um, could you send?" at least two of your strongest men to get the uh, powder kegs out of the captain's quarters. You move the powder kegs in there? Why on earth would you do that? Like, it was a suiting place for the time being. Uh, I'm slightly worried about it now, though. If you could have somebody move that for him, that would be wonderful. And then Gerald will go back into training the dragon. And he just like he's kind of like standing there, like you know, like mouth open, like. like I can't. <laughs> Hedrick Hedrick would slide over to uh, the captain's quarters and uh, just kind of set up post, lean against the wall, put his leg up, and uh, play guard post for a few hours, make sure he can watch the comings and the goings of the powder kegs. Mm-hmm. And he's just just <laughs> lightly strumming Captain Quinn. Will always win. There's not a hole he can't fit in. No, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. And the mighty wind blows. <laughs> like just cro- crooning outside the captain's quarters, uh, just making sure you. Know, oh, you can. Blowing. 
Quinn, yeah. all you can hear is like the faint sounds of like music, like underwater music, essentially, is what yeah. it sounds like. Okay, yeah, and I'm, we're gonna I'm reach. Like I, I've, I've, if I've missed all of that, there, yeah, there's very little that I can hear at this point. All right. <laughs> so you guys, you know, continue to try to like train the gun. The, the powder kegs are moved out. No one else really comes and disturbs the captain's quarters for a while. Um, you know, things are going about as well as they have been all day. Where it's just like you're having a hard time really getting the dragons to listen to you. Um, you know, you thought at one point you got one to roll over, but it's only because it tripped over itself because it's still kind of like, you know, getting its bearings. Um, but, you know, you're still putting that one in the win column for today. Um, well, uh, can Jarrell try one more time? Because I want to use my advantage before. You still haven't used it? Man, that's your I fault. I didn't use it. Oh, I can't that's your fault. one more time. Dude, your rolls that you give me are your best effort for the day. Is what I'm saying. It's like for like for that attempt and for that like situation, like that okay. represents your best effort. I was hoping so, we'd get past day one, but apparently we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we are not. All right. Well, um, the is gone now. Damn. We are, however, approaching nighttime now. It's getting. It's you know. You guys have been really plugging away for a good solid probably 10 hours at sea and Quinn you're starting to you know obviously feel the fatigue from just like operating like this for for so long um, so you know now instead of pulling yourself out you know abruptly you are you know kind of slowly slowing the ship down to you know something manageable um, and you can hear the first mate barking out orders to kind of like prep the ship for you know essentially silent running <laughs> so so I'm kind of like I'm out of the the power coma now uh yeah you feel okay. com- like absolutely exhausted uh first mate Jiffy Joe come here <laughs> <laughs> he knows who you're referencing and like you know pauses from his you know barking of orders to come up to you Yes, Captain. Uh, make sure that my quarters are ready for me. I am very exhausted. Right away, Captain. And he goes down and he, you know, enters into the quarters and he sees that there's still a whole bunch of stuff in here. Right? The only things that were moved out were the powder kegs because that's all he was instructed to move out. And so there's like, you know, a bunch of barrels of rum in here. There's, uh, you know, some... And it's actually probably all you... Been really put in here, right? Because you guys used the, the crates the water oh, and some the water, room. right? So it's like kind of stacked up in here and he's just... He sees there is a clear path to the bed. <laughs> and he looks at Hedrick, who's probably still sitting there. Mm-hmm. And is gonna look at you and be like, you're explaining this to him. Not me. <laughs> and he stands at the door with you while he waits for the captain to descend. Hey there, Captain. Um, oh, d- did I descend? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm saying. I said while he waits for the captain to descend. This is uh, it's up to Quinn on how he chooses right. to approach oh, yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I would say I give it like a good like. 
10 to 15 minutes, and then I I kind of wonder where he's gone to. Uh, so I make my way down to the quarters. Mm-hmm. And you see that JJ and Hedrick are both standing there. And JJ just looks at you. Captain, your friend, I think, owes you an explanation for you to take a look inside. And you can see that your room oh. is like like filled with like barrels full of rum and water, and like they just like have stacked a bunch of shit haphazardly in here. Like the serene, sort of you know, place that your room once was, is mm-hmm. now a disheveled mess. Your outfits are all over the floor. I'm not sure yeah. if Boris even put the clothes back in there. Yeah. Was... Uh, what is this calamity? I've been working my ass off for the last 10 hours and I come home to this shit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair for Quinn, right? He is he is usually a lazy fuck. So the fact that he has been actually doing his part and doing what he needed to be doing. Yeah, he's boiling right now. No. Where am I Boris chooses this exact opportunity to stroll up, seeing the first mate, and says, Jiminy Jonathan, just who I was looking for, in her best Quinn impression. Still wearing your clothes, by the way. Still holding the hat on, flapping her arm in the giant oversized coat, codpiece flapping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> like smacking her in the knees. <laughs> I think he's he's just too exhausted to even like react. Like the the amount of anger and energy it's going to take him to even react to this would probably just push him over the edge anyway. Um, he he looks at Hedrick and he just says, "Nobody disturbs me," and he slams the door. Now, now, Captain, please. He slammed the door in your face. So are you I'm, like, are you like, you have like your head pressed against the door? I have my hand on the door. I'm pleading to the door at this point. Captain, I'll sing your praise. I'll sing it louder. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we filled your quarters with black powder. And I gotta be honest, please don't be mad. Boris came in there while she stole your hat. And well, we just had to make do. We got these dragons. I mean,. <laughs> We only had the rum and, you know, the rest of the barrels there, so we just had to move it over. Boris please don't, kept please don't I'd just like to correct that. So Quinn reopens the door and just looks at Boris and takes the hat off her head. <laughs> and then walks back in and shuts the door. Cam. <laughs> Boris is holding both arms towards the hat with just both sleeves hanging like six inches over her hands. <laughs> no! <sighs> Boris, uh... I would, I, 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 I would say, I'd say that I'd like to end it on that beat, but that's not my style. No. I'm also, Wait. is there a, is there some sort of tap in here uh, of some sort that I can, like, open one of these barrels of rum because I've had a rough day. You have Daddy's dagger, and you could just pry one of the lids oh, open. I do have Daddy's dagger. That's true. And you have your and flask. So I do. And so. and and I definitely fill that thing. Mm-hmm. So while Quinn is drinking away the day, um, 
you can hear a, a, a cry out from the, um, the crow's nest. You know, like all eyes port side. And from the horizon, you can kind of see like little dots of light begin to slowly appear. What color is the light? Um, hard to say. It's it's definitely like got like a whitish hue. It's not like yellow or orange or anything like that. It's definitely got like a whitish hue. It's got maybe some kind of tint, but it's 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 very faint. It's like just these little dots on the horizon. Faint whitish hue. Oh my god. <laughs> Blue tint. I guess. Um. Uh, you suppose somebody's tailing us? Am I there? I'm, no. I'm also with them, right? You're you're inside. I'm, you, I'm still on my. I mean, okay. Right, cool. I mean, you. I mean, I mean, you're you would. I mean, you would have heard the cry. It's up to you whether you, you know. I think I would as captain. Like I'd be annoyed by it, but I definitely want to be. It's there. Like you just like, like like you just got comfortable. Like you just filled your flask up. You're like sitting on your bed. You're about He's to in take his a chaps. sip, and then you hear yeah, and then you hear <laughs> the uh, and then you hear the cry from from the decks. And you have yeah. to like get your ass back up, exit, and yeah, and you see the same thing. These lights on the horizon. Because I mean, J- Jilly Jack couldn't even like do what I asked him to do. I like how you're still messing things. up his name. You're the best. So. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, he does it himself. He he he, you know, reluctantly goes up, back up to uh, port side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, you can see the same thing that everyone else is seeing. Just like a few, you know, a few dots of light starting to like appear on the horizon, and every now and like every few minutes or so, another one lights up. It's far off in the distance, very far in the distance, but... Seems odd we're being trailed if we were going as fast as we were going. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, have to figure out what those strange lights are next week. On the Hapless Heroes podcast. But hey, don't fret. If you can't get enough of this show, if you don't want to wait another week to hear what the cast has to say about this situation, you can find us on the internet. We're on such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes and Facebook and Reddit. Just look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Those, though, will have either sticky posts or notes in our description that have a link for our Discord server, which is what we consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence, where we can where we hang out most of the time and chat with our wonderful, growing audience and awesome little community in there. Um, it's just a cool, awesome place to hang out. Come join us. Talk about the show or whatever else you want to talk about. Um, but if you really like us, you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. Say some kind words to us. It really just, you know, helps keep the wind in our sails. Or you just email us at haplessheroes at gmail.com. We'll say some kind words right back to you right here on the air. But if you really, really like us, you can leave us. You can donate to our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash haplessheroes. We have a variety of reward tiers. It's uh, anything from, again, shiny Discord rolls to access to bloopers behind the scenes audio to i mean we've had people submit story arcs you know at certain donation tiers and we, we we've done a lot and we keep trying to do as much as we can you know we we're, we we had hosted some game nights through the quarantine for some of our patron patreon donors um you know probably gonna try to schedule another one again those again soon because it was it's been a blast the last two we did uh so you know just keep your eyes and ears open and yeah all that money goes right back into making this show the thing that you love to listen to. So we really appreciate it. 
And if you love us, like really love us, Sally Field and the whole deal, you are going to go teach yourself to play disc golf. And you're going to get really good at it. Like absolutely incredible at aiming these discs. And you're going to find the biggest field you can find and get yourself a massive package of disc golf discs. And you're going to spell out listen to the hapless heroes by throwing each individual disc damn in the, in the sally field in the sally field <laughs> Ooh, that's meta there's <laughs> so much happening there it was a whole deal wow wow well i guess something still doable to do besides definitely doable. outro doable yeah, Doable. that's but that's that's, yeah. totally. that's like that's fucking hard. <laughs> that's some precision disc golf. That's we didn't say it should be really easy. We just said it should be doable. <laughs> All right. Well, if any of the disc golf pros are listening to this right now, you better accept this challenge. Anyways, I'm gonna go ahead and outro this lovely cast, starting my virtual left this time with Dave as Zero Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. I just want a drink. Can this please be something simple? Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I don't know who Boris is. I am clearly the captain right now. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. This has been a really good day. <laughs> and John as Lord Jarrell the Light. Until next time. We'll see you next time. I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.